Welcome back, you beautiful people, to the Real Collective Podcast. As always, I am Sean Tassa, your host, joined by our most recent and most recurring guest host, Kyle Miller. Kyle, good afternoon to you, my friend. I suppose if people are watching this in the morning, good morning to you. Good evening. Good late evening. Um, how's your world, man? How you doing? Oh, living the dream, as usual. That's me. Uh, it's good. It's good. Still busy. Um, you know, yeah. Ottawa's a cool market. Things are happening. So it's good. It, it feels like it's picking up. You know, the, uh, the the fall market is supposed to be the second busiest market in uh, in Ottawa. So the spring being the busiest. And we had a bit of a slowdown. I was talking to the photographer yesterday. And she's like, man, I am booked back to back to back to back to back all week long. So, uh, you know, it's it's an indication that there are a, there's a lot more inventory coming to market. The question is, what's the demand going to be like to, you know, to, to offset that new inventory coming? And uh, how do you position yourself? So anyways, if you guys are liking what you're hearing, you're liking this conversation, feel free to hit that like button, share this with somebody who you think might be interested in this type of thing, subscribe to the channel to keep up to date with any of the different um, information that you have, any of the uh, new listings that are coming to market. And if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you very much. And if you'd like to schedule your own private consultation with either Kyle or myself, you can do so below. We thought we were going to talk today about some different sort of um, thoughtful uh, ways to go about, um, you know, real estate. People have reached out recently asking about assigning purchase agreements. We did cover assignments recently, um, either a resale assignment or a new build assignment. And I've also had a number of people reaching out recently about rent to owns. So maybe we'll talk cool. about rent to own uh, <laughs> in the first half and, and assigning, uh, you know, getting out of your new build purchase and potentially doing that as an assignment in the second half. And we'll talk about some, some stories that we have about both. So um, Kyle, you did, you did a bunch of stuff recently on rent to own. Uh, what do people need to know about rent to own? Let's start with the mechanics. How does it work? It's, uh, well, I think I, I kind of put position like this, easy to get in, damn near impossible to get out of, unless done super, super well. So the mechanics of a rent to own are just what it sounds like. Uh, and we'll, we'll oversimplify this. So um, we, you, you end up getting an investor to purchase the home. And then you, as the rent to own er e I guess, says... <laughs> says, okay, I'm going to buy it from you. And I'm going to buy it from you and keep it simple, five years. And they'll say, okay, well, we're going to have a predetermined uh, predetermined price that you're going to buy it at, right? I bought it at three. You're going to buy it back from me at four, right? Yeah. And that's how that purse, that's how that investor makes profit is is that ex that increase. Yeah. Your job as the, the tenant, the buyer tenants, I guess they like to be, they tend to be called, yeah. is to pay the mortgage, the amount for the mortgage, plus an increased amount on, on top of that, that gap is your money being put aside for down payment. Yeah. So, you know, it's cost you a thousand bucks a month. You're going to put 500, uh, you're going to pay 1500, a thousand goes to cover costs, 500 goes away. And it's supposed to be used for, supposed to be used for accumulation of down payment. So 500 times 60 months, whatever that math is, 30 grand. There you go. Right. And now you've got your down payment. And that's all supposed to be predetermined. In theory, great plan. 
It, it, it is. Problem with it is that the vast majority of people, and a lot of this stuff comes out of the state. So I'll warn people, when you see like cool things in real estate, not to dot, not to like dog on our own industry, that ain't us. <laughs> like, it's not, that's not the Canadian way. We're not that cool. We take our shit super serious and almost make it hard to do that stuff, right? Like, so the stuff you see on TikTok and Instagram, it is not like that here. And with the rent to owns, what happens is most of the time, those investors, they're not taking that money and putting it in a bank account with your name on it, right? They're taking it and they're using it. They're buying stuff. They're investing in something else. Like that's income to them. Yeah, yeah. Because in their minds, they're like, well, we tracked it. So when it comes to proving down payment, we'll just tell the bank that, you know, we have it and it's fine. Right. right? And they get real nonchalant about it. Right. And that's where the whole thing falls apart. Right. It's right there. Right there. What? So what if the tenant uh, buyer five years rolls around and they can't qualify to buy that house for $500,000 or $400,000 or whatever, even if they have saved over the down payment and yeah. the investor, you know, first buyer um, did everything by the book, kept the money in a bank account, earned interest on it. So the $30,000 really $32,000. What if, what if that's the case, then what happens to all of that money? That's really up to the investor and the tenant buyer and their agreement. Um, I have seen several iterations of those over the years. Mm -hmm. And um, in a lot of cases, and this is actually why the their rent to owns in general are not supported by any of the default insurers and a lot of the banks is because um, the agreements written written in such a way where the only person that benefits if this doesn't work is the investor. So they'll get to keep all that money and the, the tenant buyers left with nothing. Yeah. That's how, again, I can't say every time because there's always going to be something that's not that, but in that, in general, that's how these have been set up historically. So the client, the buyer gets call out of all their money that they've saved. Yeah. Yeah. Or that they, all, that they've given away and they, they've given away. Yeah. They, they've, they've been paying a higher rent rate than anybody else for what it is that they're living in and they probably you know what they did while they lived there for the last five years they fixed it up they did renos because they're like hey this is our house right that's in the agreement and that's in the agreement they're like you're going to take care of it you're going to treat it like yours because we want you to treat it like yours they're paying utilities for sure that's what they've done they've held on to it like it's their own they're the best tenants known to man because they want it they're buying it they've got an agreement to buy it yeah. right but yeah not understanding how that's really going to happen and what happens in the future. Like 99.9 .9 times out of a hundred, these don't, these don't work because had, they're easy to get in and they're hard. You can't get out of them. We had one in Ottawa. There was a big company uh, a couple of years ago, maybe like 10 years ago or something. And uh, they, they built this whole thing and it all fell apart. Um, they were a color and uh, a name of a tree. Um, and, and yes, <laughs> and and it yes. was a whole big thing and it really like soured the the taste for it in most people's uh mouths i guess <laughs> right yeah in 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 it, specifically 
Because what happens to, and what people don't understand, and that, and I don't say that to be like, but people don't understand. It's, (laughs) it's, you don't, you don't know what you don't know, right? So every, and the thing is, is that I honestly think some of the investors, they don't know what position they're putting the clients in. And I think they, I think there'll be some of them, they get stuck. They're like, I didn't actually, I don't want this house. Like, I want you to buy it. I want my money. Yeah. Well, and they, they, what happens, go ahead. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like a lot of the investors genuinely want to help. Like that's why they're doing yeah. it, right? So it's yeah. not like a whole bunch of like uh, investors trying to screw over the little guy. No, every, even the investors are regular people, regular guys who are just trying to, you know, make a buck while they're doing it, which is perfectly yeah. acceptable, right? And it's like, there's there's some there's lots of positives to it. You're buying real estate, like it. Appreciation makes sense. You've got, a, you've got someone who's got invested in your in your property because they want it and that's the deal so you've helped them they've helped you money gets exchanged in theory it's awesome but you have to know the finance rules to make sure it works so for example someone's going to say well don't go to the bank go to a private investor i you, i challenge anybody to go to a private investor who's going to do a 95 percent financing deal right. not to mention when you tie that onto it you have to get out of that deal next and that deal next, you can't refinance the rule. You can't refinance past eighty percent of the value of the house. So you're doing a you're doing a rent to own. You're gonna buy it for five hundred grand. The eighty percent mark is four hundred thousand, but you're going in you're going in trying to buy this with a mortgage of four eighty, right? Right. So you've got to pay off that eighty to get to the equity position where you can refinance and remember. Yeah. So you've now struck out twice because the the private won't do it. No bank's going to do it. What do you do? Right. There's no gap between there's no there's no bridge between an A lender, an alternative lender and a private lender. Right. If you go A, you're all in. If you go B, it's got to be 20 percent down. If you're private, it can be anything. But it's usually a jump from A to private. There is no gap in the middle when you have less than 20 percent down, which is how 99 percent of these are set up. Otherwise, I mean, 20% down on 400 grand is 80 grand. Spread that out over, spread that out over five years of savings. That's a lot of money. And if you're saving that much money, don't buy a rent to own. Just live in the basement and save it three times faster. I don't mean that rude. I'm like, that just makes sense. Like, just do that. Well, and so there's another thing. I don't, I'm not sure if it's still a, a thing, but there, there was for a time back, back, back where you could borrow over a five-year period, the five percent down payment. Do you guys still have that? Is that is that still a thing, or is that gone? Now? Uh oh, the yeah, that was one of the that was one of the programs. It was more of an what it was was it was a well, there's a couple different things out there actually, and I would encourage people to look at that. There's been housing initiatives over the past, uh, especially to more rural communities where the government. Um, like when the government came out a few years ago and is like, look at this amazing housing thing we did where we're going to give you or 5% or 10%. They've been doing that for years, like right. 10 or 15 years. It's not new. They just repackage it. We're like, look how cool we are, which is it was a shitty program anyway, but whatever. And then, and, uh, but the rural uh, municipalities have been doing this for a long time where you can apply. You have to hit fit some criteria. They will give you 5% down. And 
they register a lien against the property. And as long as you pay them back at some point, they, you now bought a house. You've gone to it with no none of your own money. And wow. the only other part of that is the lender has to agree to it because right. some lenders don't do borrowed down payment, which is exactly what that is. Right. But I've done several deals like that with people. So those initiatives are out there. Um, they're not as prevalent now. And I, and unfortunately, I think pricing has made those obsolete. Yeah. Um, they just they just don't work because the stipulations they put on them are like can't be a house over a million. Uh, you can't be, you can't be taking on a mortgage more than four times your income, and it's like well that shoebox is great, but right and it's unfortunate it's it's the way the market's gone, but they're just at this point they're useless. Right. Yeah. My opinion. Yeah. No. Fair. And I mean, when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking back like you know nine seven. Yeah years ago, something like that. And, you know, the average mm -hmm. price of a house in Ottawa at the time was $350,000. Well, you know, 5% of, of, of the average price then is, well, it's half of what it is now, right? The average price of a house in Ottawa is double what it was nine years ago. So um, yeah, it makes it. And they don't, they never catch up. Like they never seem to retool the same things to, to catch up. They're just like, well, we already gave you that answer. Yeah. But it doesn't work for the problem. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, the, the problem's new and changed. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this comes out of an idea of people wanting to find creative solutions to be able to, to acquire property, right? People still want to buy houses. It's just way harder today. And that's going to lead us right into our second part because I've got a, a great story. I don't know if it's a great story. It's a terrible story of uh, <laughs> people who, who have bought new builds, you know, in the last two, three years and where they're at right now and what that means uh, for overall for the state of the market. So um, before we before we uh, take a quick break, uh, as always, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share this with somebody who you think might be interested in this kind of info. If you'd like to book a private consultation with Kyle and myself, you can do so in the Calendly links below. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you very much. Hit that star button and download us when we'll be back on the other side. This episode of the Real Collective podcast is brought to you by Real Collective. Real Collective brings together best-in-class real estate agents and collective experts in the field to deliver the best possible service to our clients. We govern ourselves with honesty, open-mindedness, and compassion. With diverse skill sets, our agents are able to better serve a wide array of clients, including first-time buyers, first-time sellers, transferees, estate sales, investors, and rural, vacation, and luxury properties. Authenticity and transparency are pillars of our process, which allows us to put our clients at the center of everything we do. Our years of experience and knowledge allow us to deliver prestigious service and optimal results. If you are interested in buying or selling your home, contact us today at realcollective.ca. Welcome back, everybody, to the second half of the Real Collective podcast. If you're just joining us, what the heck happened? Maybe you fast forwarded and only wanted to see this part. Well, too bad because you missed something amazing in the first half. What is it? You'll never know until you go back and watch it. As always, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share with anybody who you think might be interested in this type of information. If you are watching us on YouTube, then you get to see our funny faces. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, then thank you very much. Hit that star button and share this with a friend. You can schedule an appointment directly with Kyle or myself in the link below using Calendly directly into our calendars. 
And now that all of that housekeeping is out of the way, let's talk about some people, some people who are uh, people, right? They're handcuffed right now with uh, with builder deals that um, that they are either looking to assign or not close on or close on and turn around and resell. I've uh, been a few different people, a few different scenarios recently where the advice is different in each different scenario, right? Got one, uh, one, one, one guy I was talking with yesterday, um, and he said, "Look, I bought this place. The price was eight hundred and fifty-nine thousand dollars, including the lot premium. At the time, my mortgage was going to be three thousand bucks a month. I can swing that. I can manage that. Now." My mortgage is going to be $6,200 a month. No, thank you. Cannot do it. I will continue renting where I'm renting. Bit of a huge change in mortgage amount. Maybe some stuff changed. The look on your face is like, that's not possible. That's, yeah, that seems like the situation, 100%. Totally. Yeah. That math seems wrong to me. No offense to that guy. Hey, that yeah. math seems wrong to me. Yeah, none, none taken. But so. So I went and I looked, I said, okay, well, you know what? We can, we can assign your purchase agreement. Someone else can come along and buy it. You bought it for 859. You've put in, you know, on your, on your deliverables, you've, you've made your deposits. You've paid $67,000 for this property. You're quote unquote into it for $792,000 based on what you bought it for and what you've paid so far. And I looked at the comparables and you know how much the builder is selling the same model for? Last month, $725,000. Build it. They're shooting themselves in the foot. I said, I said, look, in the foot. I said, look, man, there's, there's, there's nothing I can do here for you. You're, you're, you know, talk to your lawyer. Your, your best alternative is to not close, walk away and hope that you, you roll the dice that you're not getting sued for the Delta between what they do have to resell it for and what you're into it for. So if you're into it for, you know, 792 and they resell it for let's say 750, that's a $42,000 dice roll, you know, or what do you do? You give it to me to put on the market, I sell it for 750, you've got to pay me to sell it. So you're even worse, right? So I said in this particular scenario, there's a different one, you know, and what they bought it for and what it's worth now. There might be a little bit of a, a swing, but it's it's tough out there for some people. You've had a couple of them yeah. too. Yeah, I've had a couple of I've had a couple people walk away from it's I had one lady, she had about a forty five thousand dollar deposit. And after we did and this these both these deals came to me. I didn't do them first. They yeah. came to me in their stressful situation. Yeah. And uh yeah, she said she'd rather walk away from that forty-five grand than do the alternative deal we had set up, which was slightly more expensive. Um, I don't think that was the right move, but it's not my money. Another another lady, I didn't finish this deal. I barely got through a discovery call, but she was ready to walk from what she said was a hundred six figures going walking away from it instead of trying to do whatever it was we were gonna try to do to fix it. So it's uh it is, it is tough. It is, it is tough. And I don't think what people realize too, is that the clients on the hook in, in any transaction. Yes. If in any transaction you say, I'm going to spend, I'm going to spend, buy this place for 500 and an appraisal is required, which happens in a lot of cases, especially when they feel the market's turning, yes. you'll see them happen a lot more. Um, 
you've already promised to buy that house. And if you waived financing or gone this far in the build process, you're on the hook for that price. So you just have to show up with that money. Yeah. And the bank's not going to finance you underwater from day one. They just won't. So that you have to have that extra cash. That's why appraisals are so important. And, uh, and these days, builders aren't helping their own situation. No offense, but figure it out, fellas and ladies. Like you're not, when, you, when you're letting that house next door sell, what do you think we have to compare it to? Right. That one. Yeah. So yeah. you let that go for seven and a quarter. It, all it does is tank everything else you've pre-sold and haven't finished yet. Yeah. What's the answer? I don't know. I'm just saying that's what you're doing. You're well, perpetuating this. And, 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 and I, and I see the builders, they're like, my goodness, we're sitting on this inventory. We don't want to, I mean, it's, 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 it's everything, right? They're like, we don't want to sit on this inventory unit. We just got to get rid of it. Okay. You know what? And the thought process, I was talking my, with my money guy earlier today, like my guy who does all of my finances. And he's like, look, when you're buying properties, when you're buying houses, you have to think about what is the disposition? Like, how are you finally getting rid of this at the end of your life cycle, at the end of that property's life cycle for you? How do you get rid of these, of these properties that you're buying? Right. And so he's like, a lot of people will say, hey, look, you can do this really cool move, but they're never thinking about, okay, well, what about at the end when it's time to, you know, hey, here's all the great ways that you could not have to pay tax. What about the end when you do have to pay tax, right? So it's like not having, like being short-sighted, I guess, is is the is is the issue, right? Um, oh yeah, for, for sure. And, and it's the... Uh... And that's the thing, like they're not looking, the builders themselves are now having to look at more creative ways to get this stuff, to get this done. Um, so like people will see, they'll be, if, if you go look at a new build today, there's a couple of builders out there who are in partnership with one of the big six banks and they're offering some pretty solid mortgage rates. Um, and spoiler alert, you're not getting that because they like you, no yeah. offense. Uh, <laughs> you're getting that because the builder is paying to buy that rate down to allow you to qualify yeah. for that house and not drop the price. Yeah. That's really what it is. Well, and that's, that's, so, that's smart. That's smarter thinking, right? Instead of dropping it is. the house, Hey, we can offset it over on this way. Yeah. Okay. My, my house might be more expensive than the competitor's house, but your payments work out to be the same. Most people in Ottawa are payment buyers right? Oh yeah. The, the, it's Canadians in general, uh, yeah. by the payment date, the rate. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's exactly. what it is. And, yeah. and, and, and we, and we saw it right when, when the, when the market was at its peak at the, at, at 2022, at the beginning, the rates were at their lowest. And as the rates started going up, the prices started going down, but the payments were always the same plus or minus three bucks. Like it was, you did the math and, and a couple of things. I was like, it's the same, like the payments are the same. And so, you know, a townhouse, the payments are the same. A four bedroom, single family, detached, two car garage house, the payments are the same, regardless of what they sold for, because the type of people who live in those houses have that budget to spend on their housing because of, you know, their their overall status or position in life, right? And the toughest, the toughest part with the builders too is that unfortunately, that pricing was at it was at a different time and yeah. that's a lot that's a locked in deal right yeah. Yeah. um and i would i would just i'm 
I'm glad to see though that we don't have the same uh, assignment game, like assignment uh, as an investment strategy as they do in like Toronto. You know, we, like we would if we had more condos. We don't have like if you look at uh, Soba, right, uh, and and uh, Gotham that they did. There were a ton of assignments that were going like. Going- oh, really? yeah underground um okay you can't put them on mls you can't do that and there's not the same uh um assignment culture i guess in ottawa where investors are doing it right they'll do it but they also we also don't typically see the huge swings that they do in toronto like i spoke with a lawyer and like okay good well you bought it for a million and you're selling it for 1.5 it's not it's not the same world here right you're buying a condo you're not paying a million dollars for 99 percent of the condos that you're buying in Ottawa. yeah you're paying four to maybe get 550 right or you're paying 550 to maybe get to 650 like the margins aren't the same right and and, and the realtors make their money on that margin and so there's not that same that same demand or desire in ottawa that there is in toronto um but there's certainly um I mean, if you do it right, you find something with a, with a long enough time horizon and the market is generous. There's a lot of and if, and if, and if for it to work out, right? Um, I, had a guy, I had a guy call me earlier this year who'd bought a property in January, February. He's like, hey, I just got, I realized I got posted. I'm working down in the States. Um, can you sell this property for me? I'm like, I didn't buy it for you. Why are you calling me? He's like, oh, I bought it with a different agent. Didn't have a great relationship with that agent. Found you on YouTube. Can you please help me sell it? I'm like, yeah, I can help you sell it. But here's the reality. You bought it at the peak. Here's what you're going to sell it for. And you're going to pay me. He's like, oh, turns out they're willing to just let me walk if I give them $40,000 and they're not going to ask me for anything else. I'm like, do that. Right. And wow. it's like, yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's, that it sucks. Yeah, well, and that's the thing is like people are just, you know, having to spend a lot of money to get out of bad decisions that they made. And none of the people that I have helped make a buying decision are coming back and saying, Oh, I made a bad decision on this one. Can you help me get out of it? Right. I have a, I have one right now that I'm, that I'm working with and client went out and got pre approved, not through me uh and you know and came in and said hey like we're trying to we're buying this new build and this is how i want to do it i'm gonna keep this rental and do this and that i'm like okay and i and uh as i ran through the numbers he's like yeah but the bank's telling me i can't and i ran through the numbers i'm like because you can't (laughs) yeah he's like but but i got pre-approved i'm like apparently not very well because there's no way you can do this with the way you're structured this and that by the way the payments are going to be this much no, they can't be that much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. So somebody didn't tell you something and I'm not dogging on this guy. Like it's, it's common. Right. And, and, and he, he was someone who bought a house a few years ago when uh, things were just different. Right. Yeah. And doesn't keep his ear to the ground. And some people don't, and they're not bad for it. Just doesn't matter. I have a house. I don't care what the rates are. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and yeah, we've gone, we've, we've gone broker on this one. Like we're bringing in three different people to help and we're selling another house. We're at the alternative lenders. He was lucky. The biggest thing I said was I'm like, you got to get the house appraised. Just do it. Yeah. But I think, don't think, don't think, get it appraised. 
it worked out perfect. We're good. So now we have the money. We know what we're doing. We're just trying to wrap it up. We're a month late. And we're just, I mean, it was the way it works. There's, there's other things involved too with this, but yeah, it, we just avoided him. It was literally the conversation was the lesser of this, what's the lesser of these evils, yeah. right? Sell that property you don't want to sell. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then let's come and do this deal or walk away from this deal and hope you don't get lit up by the, by the, the builder who had said, we will light you up. That's that's the risk is that you you open yourself up to that liability, right? And is it is it worth that liability? Is it worth opening yourself up to it? Or are you better off just saying, yeah, you know what? I'll bite the bullet. I'll do this, like I say, this other thing that I don't want to do, lesser of two evils. Some people want to take the risk right? Sometimes the risk is worth it. So, uh, and it's, it's different in every scenario. You talk to as many professionals as you can, you get as many professional opinions as you can. And you know, you go from there. That's, that's all you can really do. Um, so if you are watching this and you are in an adverse situation, something's going squirrely on you going sideways, you want to get into a house, you want to, you know, do a, a um, um, what's it called? Uh, rent to own or you want to, you've bought a new build and you've got to figure out how do I get out of this? What's my solution? What's my exit strategy? If you've got a rental property and you're thinking, oh, well, you know what? It's not making sense anymore because you're on a variable rate mortgage. Whatever it is, if you're in a situation and you want to figure out the way to stop the bleeding and make it hurt as little as possible, that's why you click on the calendar link below and talk to Kyle or me so we can set you up and put you in the best possible case scenario so you don't walk away from a hundred thousand dollars or whatever the number we don't yeah i don't promise it won't be painful i just promise it'll be a little less painful than it might be <laughs> or i hope so anyway it'll hurt it'll hurt as little as possible promise. yeah it'll suck less is what is what we try to say it's gonna it might still suck but it's, hopefully it'll suck less all right that's that's, we'll that's our benchmark for for delivery of service right uh yeah yeah we suck less that's right. So, uh, all right. So if you guys are watching on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, thank you so much. If you're watching on it, I don't know how you're doing it because you're on the only listening platforms. But uh, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you for that. Uh, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, share this with somebody who you think might benefit from this type of information and uh, schedule an appointment with us in those Calendly links. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Until next time, keep it real. Collective.